And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. What a wonderful, what a wonderful song. What a wonderful time of worship and praise uh, this morning. I want to encourage you to take your Bible and turn to John chapter 15. John chapter 15. And I want to preach a message this morning entitled, uh, The Benefits of Abiding. The Benefits of Abiding. Last Sunday morning, we began a three-part series on that one word, abiding. And I mentioned the context uh, of the words of Jesus. That when He began this discourse uh, with His disciples, He was in the upper room. And He was talking to them about various things. Uh, one of the things that He did, church, in the upper room is that He took time and washed the feet of each one of the disciples to teach him, them the importance of servanthood. Can you imagine King Jesus kneeling down and washing the feet of the disciples? Then he began to talk about that one of those disciples would betray him. And they began to ask him the question, which one? Who's going to betray you? And Jesus said, I've got a piece of bread and I'm going to dip that piece of bread and then the one that I handed to, that one will betray me. Of course, He handed that piece of bread to Judas Iscariot. And the Bible says, listen, the Bible says that Satan entered him at that moment. And then he left, but the disciples were still confused. Because they thought maybe he was going, Judas, uh, to buy something for the Passover feast. In that same time period, in that same upper room, uh, Jesus had a conversation with Peter. And told Peter that he would deny him. And of course, uh, Peter bucked up and said, no, I will never uh, deny you. But we know what happened. Jesus also told them, listen carefully, that he was going to go away. And when He told them He was going to go away, uh, they had a spiritual heart attack. They could not believe what they were hearing. And so all of this took place in the upper room. And then at the end, listen church, at the end of chapter 14, uh, He said, let's arise and go. And as I mentioned last week, uh, they left the upper room. And as they left the upper room, they walked there from uh, Jerusalem. And they walked to the Kedron Valley and walked through it. And then they walked probably to the slopes of the Mount of Olives. And as they were walking there, most theologians feel uh, that he stopped near one of the, the vineyards. And he began to have this conversation more than likely, he picked up one of the vines and, and began to have this conversation with the disciples. And the picture and the setting was incredible. And the word was this. Abide. That's what he's talking to the disciples about. Abide. Years ago, I was scheduled to preach in Cleveland, Tennessee. It was in the local paper. It was on the sign of the church. And it was in their bulletin. And if you know, if you're a Baptist, if it's in the bulletin, it's supposed to happen. And so it was in the bulletin. 
And, and sure enough, I was seated on the front row, and the pastor of the church was seated next to me. And he had also invited a precious lady from Vietnam. And she was sharing her testimony. And she was sharing about how that her family had struggled and her family, uh, how they faced all kinds of persecution in Vietnam. And, and as a believer, how difficult it was for her family. And that the only way, church, listen to me, the only way that they could get through what they got through was that one word, abiding, abiding, abiding in Christ. Well, she just kept going. And there was a holy hush on the church service. God was moving in a powerful way during her testimony. Not that it was getting toward that time where everybody knows that the preacher that was in the bulletin was supposed to get up. And so the preacher wrote a note to me and said, what do you want me to do? And I wrote a note back to him on that bulletin and said, Whatever you do, don't stop this lady. It was too good. It was too powerful. And the preacher, this preacher, never got to preach that night. But I'm telling you, God fell on that service. And we had a spell in Jesus. You know why? Because we were talking about, we were listening about abiding in Christ. It's such a powerful truth. I want you to take your Bible. Look at verse 1 of chapter 15. And I want to read our text again as we begin to walk through uh, this passage of Scripture. John 15, beginning in verse 1. Jesus said this, I am the true vine. And my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, Jesus said, He takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, He prunes, that it may bear more fruit. You are already clean because of the Word which I've spoken to you. Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit, of itself, unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit, for without me you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and is withered and they gather them and throw them into the fire and they are burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. By this is my Father glorified that you bear much fruit so you will be my disciples and as the Father loved me, I also have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in His love. These things, these things, these things, say that with me, these things, 
Hey, listen. Jesus said these things. What things? Abide. 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 These things I have spoken to you. Jesus said that my joy may remain in you and that your joy may be full. Oh, my soul. Oh, church, let's pray. Father God, we love you. And we praise you. And we thank you, Lord Jesus, for your word. And I pray that that word would dance in our hearts this morning. I pray that it would get all over us this morning. I pray, God, this morning that it would challenge us. And, and Father, that we would rise to it and, and that we would live it out. Father Jesus, in the upper rooms, telling the disciples what they were about to face. And, when he left, the, the hostility and the hatred and, and the difficulty, and he said, Listen, you can have joy in the midst if you will just abide. And so, Father, I pray, God, that you would just uh, give me the words to say, give me clarity of thought. And, Father, I, I ask you right now to give me excellent recall of what I've studied. Draw a circle around this preacher and let the fire of heaven fall. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Last week I gave you one point, and that was the simple instruction. And the simple instruction was very simple. And it was this, abide. He uses that word ten times in our text. And the Greek word is meno. And it means to dwell, it means to continue in, uh, it means to remain, it means to uh, stick with, uh, it means to be at home with. How many of you know the truth that when you are at home, uh, you're different than when you're anywhere else? Isn't that true? I mean, really, when you go home, you, when I go home, I kick off these preacher shoes, okay? And I promise you, I put on a, in the summer a pair of a shorts and an old ratty t-shirt. And, and, and I am at home. And in the winter, just some old sweatpants or something. I'm at home. No pretense. And that's what Jesus is saying. He's saying, listen, if you want joy, if you want real joy, abide with me. Be at home with me. Continue with me. And He says it over and over and over so that we will understand it. That is the simple instruction. But then I want us to notice secondly, and this is what we're going to talk about this morning. And that is the significant insight. The significant insight. Notice again verse 1. Allow your eyes to fall on verse 1 of our text. It says this. I am the true vine. I said last week that Jesus, all through the book of John, shares these I am statements. And this is the last of those statements. I am, he said, the true vine. Now, those who were listening and those who heard those two words, true vine, their ears would perk up because they would know that in the Old Testament, as I mentioned last week, that Israel, the people of God, they were known as the vine. In Isaiah chapter 5, and in Psalms chapter 80, and in Jeremiah 2, and in Ezekiel chapter 15, 17 and 19, and in Hosea chapter 10, and all of those and others, Israel is known as the vine. And what Jesus is saying is that they failed to produce. They failed 
called in what they were called to do. And so I have stepped up and I am the true vine. And what he said truly was scandalous. Every time the vine is mentioned in the Old Testament, it was mentioned in a negative way. But Jesus looks and He says, I am the true vine. I am the true vine. I fulfill what the Father has called us to do. And then He goes on and He says, And my Father is the vine dresser. And, and then here is this simple insight. And I want to give you about three or four things that really, listen, they are the benefits of abiding in Christ. I'm telling you, there, there's a great benefit to abiding in Christ. And the first benefit is this, that you will bear fruit. D.A. Carson said this, if, if you are not bearing fruit, if there's not some measure of fruit in your life, you're not a true believer. If you are a believer, you will bear fruit. In this passage of Scripture, if you'll notice, it says this in verse 2. And I want to encourage you to underline some things here. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, He takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, underline that, bears fruit, He prunes. That it may bear, here's the other phrase, more fruit. And so you got fruit, and then you got more fruit, and then if you'll drop down to verse 5, I am the vine, you are the branches, he who abides in me and I in him bears, here it is, much fruit. And so Jesus is saying, you're going to bear fruit, uh, you're going to bear more fruit, and then much fruit. Now, that is a significant statement. That is a powerful statement. Now, I've been here a long time, and if you know me well, uh, you know that uh, at Christmas time, and we've been married 35 years, and so uh, we've collected Christmas trees, and, and we got a lot of Christmas trees. We really do. Uh, and, and we put those Christmas trees up. Uh, I've got one in my study. It's got the manly ornaments on it. I don't even what that is, but they're manly ornaments. Then we've got one uh, in, in the dining room. And then we got one upstairs uh, in our upstairs office. And then we've got one in Daniel's room that's like a jungle uh, ornaments on the end. And then we got one in the den. We got a lot of trees. We really do. And Leslie enjoys decorating those, and I enjoy looking at them. And, um, but let me tell you what. Every season, all season long, I walk by those trees. And not once have I ever picked an apple off of any of them to I've never picked an orange. You know why? Because they're dead as a hammer. They're artificial. They don't have any life flowing through them, which means they have no fruit on them at all. Now, Eugene Peterson puts it like this. If you're not connected, you're not going to be bearing fruit. And so listen, it is a benefit of abiding in Christ, waking up every day and getting with Jesus, waking up every day and getting into the Word and praying and just remaining in Him. And what you'll find is you'll find that your life will begin to bear fruit. And then He says, I'm going to prove you a little bit. 
We don't like that. But He's going to prune us and we're going to bear more fruit. Then He's going to prune us some more and we're going to bear much fruit. You say, Pastor, what is that fruit? Well, I've read, a, I've read so many things. But I want you to take your Bible and turn over to Galatians chapter 5. Flip right to Galatians chapter 5. And if you will, look at verse 22. Galatians 5 and verse 22. And if you don't have this underlined in your Bible, I want to encourage you to underline it. You say, Pastor, I don't underline in my Bible. Well, reach over to your neighbor's Bible and underline it in their Bible. All right? So just underline it. Because this is good. Look, look at what Paul says to the church of Galatia. Galatians 5 and verse 22. But the fruit, that's singular, the fruit of the Spirit is love, Joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. What's the fruit? There it is. I'm telling you, church, listen. The fruit of the Spirit, Jesus, or excuse me, Paul lays out under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. There it is. The more we're connected, the more we are going to live out these things. You say, can you sort of help us understand that in a practical way? Would you like, would you like me to help you understand it in a practical way? Yes. We've been married for scabs of years. And, and through those years, we've put together Bookcases. Have you ever tried to put together bookcases? Those things are up with them. I'm telling you right now. They've got screws and nails that you got to put the back on. And I'm not a handyman. I've got the cleanest tools in a little while because they're never used. They're pretty, but they're, they're clean. And so through these years, I'm, if you want a microcosm of what I'm saying, I'm about to share it with you. Are you ready, Eli? Listen very carefully. Alright, here it is. Here it is. I remember the first time that Leslie and I put together a bookcase. I hey, ten minutes in, I wanted to throw that bookcase through the window. Do you understand what I'm saying? I no patience whatsoever. I wanted to throw it through the window. Several years later, we had to put another bookcase together. Hey, listen. I wanted to throw the bookcase and I wanted to throw Leslie through the window. Toss her out. Just gently toss her out. The third time we put a bookcase together, I wanted to throw the bookcase through the window and I wanted to jump out the window myself. Are you following? Say amen. I'm telling you the truth. The other day we put a bookcase together. And you know what? It was a pleasant experience. I'm not kidding. Where years ago, Kicked and mad and, and want to throw my, uh, my screwdriver and, and, and you, but this time we laughed when I messed up. She read something in the directions and she read it wrong and, and I did it wrong and we, <laughs> we just laughed. I'm telling you, if you want to see, thankfully, listen, thankfully through these 35 years, the, the fruit of the Spirit is manifesting in my life uh, a wee bit. Now, none of us look at this list and go, check, 
check, check, check, check. I've got them all covered. None of us do that. But if you're a believer this morning, one of the things of abiding in Christ, are you listening to me this morning? Yes. One of the things of abiding in Christ is that the fruit of the Spirit is going to flow through your life because you're connected. You're connected to the vine. It's, it's, bearing, it's bearing fruit. Well, I can stay there forever. But I want, to, I want us to go on. I want us to see the second thing. I want us to see the second thing, and that is this. Answer prayer. Take your Bible and look at John 15 and verse 7. Answer prayer. Here's one of the benefits of abiding in Christ. If you abide in me, there's that word, and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire, and it shall be done for you. Now, church, look up. Isn't that a great verse of Scripture? It's a great, I'm going to read it again. Look, look at verse 7. Jesus, these are the words of Jesus. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. But let me tell you why. Because as you are abiding in Christ, you get a hold of the heart of God. St. Augustine put it like this. Now listen. He said, love God and do as you please. Why can he say that? Because if you abide in Christ, if you truly love God, you're going to be doing what He pleases. Your, your walk is going to be so close to, to King Jesus that, that whatever His heart is, you're going to be asking Him that in prayer. But this is powerful. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and be done for you. Years and years and years ago, um, we went to Titusville, Florida. A family in the church uh, had a, a house that they were going to give us for a week or ten days to enjoy uh, for vacation. So we went down there. And, and I remember that there was a pastor down in that area. Some of you may have heard of him. Pastor Peter Lord. Pastor Peter Lord... He pastored uh, Park Avenue Baptist Church for 30 years in that area. I've read his books and, and I've watched him preach and had some of his tapes. And, and I remember, church listen very carefully, I remember on our way down to Florida, I remember just saying a simple prayer, God, Father, I'd love to meet. Somehow, I'm going to be in Titusville. He lives in Titusville. I want to meet Peter. I called the church and found out he was on vacation. I thought, but during that week, I went over to the church because they had bookstore. And so I went over there and drove over there from that house and, and I picked up one of his books and I was sort of just going through it. 
And, and I heard behind me a distinctive voice. And I, I knew who that was. And I went, hmm, that's Peter Moore. And so I turned around and I walked over to him with, with one of his books and I said, if I buy this, will you sign it? And then I just, very transparently, I looked at him and I said, all the way down here, I prayed that I'd get to meet you. And I introduced myself. And you know what he said? He said, hey, Tony, would you like to come home with me? <laughs> Someone would I like to come home with you. And so I remember getting in my automobile and, and following him to his house and, and calling Leslie on the phone and saying, you're not going to believe where I'm headed. She said, where? She gets real nervous when I make those phone calls. But she said, where? And I said, Peter Lord's house. No, don't not. Yes, <laughs> so I went to his house and, and I sat there for about three hours and he gave me some of his books and he gave me some cassette tapes. Tells you how long ago this was. He gave me some cassette tapes of him preaching and his wife was there. Now I'll never forget it because in their sunroom they had a, a, a swing that hung from the ceiling. And, and we just swung. We just went back and forth on it. And they made me sweet tea. We had an incredible time. And you see, I, I know that in that instant I got a hold of the heart of God. Do you understand what I'm saying? If you abide in Him, listen, if you just abide in Jesus, there's something that will happen in your prayer life. Because you'll be praying the Word. You'll, you'll be praying the Word of God. And you'll be praying the heart of Jesus. Well, there's a third thing. And that is that uh, you'll glorify the Father. Notice verse 8, if you will. You will glorify the Father. It says in verse 8, But this, my Father, by this, my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit, so you will be my disciples. You see, that's why we're alive today is to glorify our God. We're here we are, we are here to glorify God. I want, to, I want to encourage you to take your Bible and turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 6. And, and I want to read uh, verse 20. 1 Corinthians 6 and verse 20. Listen to these words. For you were bought at a price. Listen to this. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. You are bought with Christ, therefore glorify God. John the Baptist put it like this in John chapter 3 and verse 30. He must increase. And I what? must decrease. He must increase and I must decrease. The Bible says over in Isaiah 42.8 God says this, I am the Lord, that is my name. 
And I will not give my glory to another. And listen very carefully. When you think about abiding with Christ, what's going to happen is you're going to be bearing fruit and, and, and you're going to watch as your, as your life changes. And this is something that's going to happen all the way to heaven. Because none of us will ever reach sinlessness. Every one of us sin. But as we abide in Christ, we will bear fruit. He's going to be pruning us. We don't like that, but we'll be bearing more fruit and then much fruit. And then we'll notice that our prayers are going to get answered and then we're, we're going to be glorifying God. Yeah. I remember my dad talking to me about this when I was a teenager. And, and I've never forgotten those talks. I've told you before, and you know, I grew up in a slave, and, and my dad, um, uh, after salvation, he got wired to glory, and, and he had a, what he called a Moses stick. And after dinner, he would take that Moses stick, and he would walk in the backyard with that stick, and, and he would pray. And, and I remember I would go out there, and I would walk with him, and, and, and he would stop his time of prayer, and he would just talk to me. And one of the things that he talked to me about was glorifying God and how important that was in, in my young life of glorifying God. The only way to do it, I'm telling you, church, the only way to do it is to abide in Christ. If you're too busy for Jesus, you're too busy. Then the number next, whatever it is, the fourth thing, I guess, is where we started last Sunday. And that's in verse 11. Notice, notice what it says in, in verse 11. These things, Jesus said, listen, these things, these things I've spoken to you that, listen, my joy, the joy of Jesus may remain in you and that your joy may be complete. We talked about what that word means. Fill to the brim. That, that our joy uh, may be perfect. That our joy may be mature. That, that our joy uh, may just bubble up in our lives. And the only way that that is going to happen, the only way is abiding in Christ. Anytime, listen, anytime anyone comes to me and, and there's a lack of joy in their life, I always send them to John 15. And talk to them about abiding in Christ. Many years ago, a man wrote this. Joy is the flag that flies over every castle of the heart whose king is in residence. When King Jesus is resident in your heart, the castle of your heart, and you are abiding in Him, I'm telling you, there will be joy. And that's what Jesus is saying. Disciples, you're about to face it. I'm about to depart, and where I'm going, you cannot come. And they're going to hate you because they
they hated me. They're, they're going to they're going to try to destroy you. They are going to try to make your life miserable. Hey, listen, you need to abide. You're not going to make it unless you abide. That's what he was saying to them. But what happens is this. And with this, I'm going to begin to close. I love to close. Sometimes I do it two or three times in the message. But with this, I'm going to begin to close. Too often, what we do is, is we try to plug in other things. Maybe they're good things. But we try to plug in other things that will bring joy. Hey, listen. If, if your husband is the only source of your joy, you're in a mess. If your wife is the only source of joy in your life, you're in a mess. If that new house or that new car or your education or your looks or your charm or whatever it is, if that is the source of your joy, you're never going to make it. I'm just, I'm just telling you, you're never going to make it. Because all of those things are temporary. All of those things are temporary. Christ is eternal. Are you listening to me this morning? Amen. Amen. Would you say that? Amen. Amen. You know, baseball started back and there are no fans in the seats, but they're they're pumping in stuff. They're pumping in sound. You understand what I'm saying? There'll be a crack of the bat and people go, ah! There's nobody in the stands. I'm thinking about pumping in amen to you. Amen. I, I'm gonna say something all of a sudden, you're just gonna be sitting there like you are right now. And you're going to hear, well, glory. We're going to have a soundtrack. I'm going to pump in soundtrack. In 2004, there was a guy by the name of Matt Emmons. And he was an expert rifleman. And he was in the Olympics in Athens in 2004. He was so far ahead that all he had to do was hit the target and he would get the gold medal. That's all he had to do was hit the target. The announcers were already talking about it. He's going to have a gold medal. And he's incredible. He's amazing. And he put his rifle up and he shot. And sure enough, it was an amazing shot. But he aimed that and he hit the wrong target. So he got zero points and he lost the line. What's happening in so many lives is we're shooting for joy. We're shooting for these things. But we're aiming at the wrong target. I'm going to tell you this one. Here, here, here's, if there's a secret, if there's a key, it's abiding in Christ. Waking up, remaining with Him. None of us will ever do it perfectly. 
but remaining in Christ. Yeah. Jesus said, my joy is going to remain in you. And that joy, your joy, is going to be full. I don't know who needed this this morning, but I know the one holding this Bible up here should be. Let's bow down. Let's bow together. We're going to pray. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Next Sunday, next Sunday we are going to uh, look at John 15 again. This, this, this morning as our heads are bowed and eyes are closed, Jesus shared with the disciples and as we read it, sharing with us about what happens when we abide. You see, fruit is not busyness. Fruit is not activity. Because you can be busy. You can have all kinds of activities in your life. And they're going to produce, as Jesus said, absolutely nothing. If you want the power of Christ, the joy of Jesus, abide in Him. Let's stand together. Let's just stand there. in the quietness and the reverence of this hour. Let's pray. Father, dear God, as I bow before You, I thank You so much for this Word. Lord, this thing got a hold of my heart this week. It sure did. Lord, I reflected back Walking with my dad, who is almost 80 now. Just several days, he'll be 80 years old. And just reflecting back, walking with him. His wise words when I was just a teenager. Remembering them when I was in college. Early in ministry. Oh God, and now, here I am. Father, those words never change. I want to glorify God to abide in Christ. Father, I pray that You would do something this hour. God, I pray that You would do something this hour in our lives. I pray, God, that we would move in our midst. God, I pray that when we get in our cars and we head to the house, that we'll think about abiding. God, I pray that as we lay our head on our pillow tonight, God, we will night night, Father, that, that our hearts would be with Jesus. Help me abide in you. Oh God, we love you. In Jesus' name we pray.